0: Dear Chief, much has happened since we last spoke. Welcome to Dear Chief Podcast, where your hosts and their guests share the 411 of being married to the people who respond to 911s. Take a peek into fire family life and get unabashed advice on how to prevent forest fires in your marriage. Now here's your host, two seasoned firewives, Audra and Chelsea.
1: All right, we're back. It's been an interesting week. Spring is definitely here. We're starting to get super busy. Chelsea is packed with weddings for her photography business. I'm chugging along with the insurance work and a bunch of other stuff. And I have a senior trying to end out her last few months of high school. It's a lot, it's a lot, but we're back. So yay for recording.
0: Today, we're here with Kristen Linton from Heels and Holsters. Kristen is a mother of two, wife of law enforcement officer in the Los Angeles area. She struggled with loneliness, resentment, and frustration in her early years of being married to a police officer during the Black Lives Matter movement riot and riots in L.A., Kristen was even more isolated and upset by what was happening with law enforcement and started posting her funny reels on Instagram as a way of expressing herself in a positive way. She now writes a blog and a website to help other wives like her who might be struggling. Kristen also wrote a book called Be a Happy Police Wife in Motherhood.
1: Welcome, Kristen. How are you?
2: Good. Thank you so much for having me today, you guys. Yes.
1: Thanks for chatting with us. So tell us a little bit more about yourself. Mm,
2: I think just to add to the context of like what happened during the riots, the BLM riots the last couple of years, like I work for a liberal state university in California. And that I think exacerbated the feelings of that because almost everyone, except for a few at the university um, was pro BLM and I received an email from our faculty union during that time that was kind of like the cherry on top of everything else like faculty were posting on Facebook like F the police and this is faculty like very educated people so I started just unfriending unfriending because I just like I can't be bombarded with this on like I think of social media as something positive like I love to just see my friends babies and stuff like that and I was like, well, I have like, you know, 10 friends left. (laughs) I'm just kidding. So, and then I got this email from the faculty union that was like, um, we, it said we must support BLM and white silence is violence. And I was like, whoa, like that's intense. Um, And I'll probably never forget that. It has been removed um, from the internet because I tried to find it again later. But yeah, so I felt like really alone in my little world. I did have some police wife friends, but honestly, like we all have little kids. My boys are four and six, and so um, like when we get together, they're just playing, and we don't really like converse about anything like important. You know how that is, like mom talk. Like so, yeah. So then, um, uh, yeah, in 2021, I started like I just posted one reel about like just the stages of police wife life, jokingly. Um, because I loved the mom reels. Like I thought they were so funny. They cracked me up all the time. And I would like at night when my husband was working swings, like he would work swings or night shift. I'd like watch them before I went to bed. So then I was like, I could do this. So I made one about the stages of police life life. Like, Okay, the first scene was like a cheerleader, like you're so happy. You know, probably similar for firewives, like you're so proud. And then the second stage was loneliness. Like for me, I did go through that, um, especially after having kids, and that's why I wrote the book, like specifically for motherhood, because I think that like heightened everything when you're like, okay, I'm alone with my kids a lot. <laughs> so especially weekends and like the times when other people have their spouses with them. So. Um, And then the third stage, though, is after you get used to it, you kind of enjoy those alone times. And then when your spouse comes home unexpectedly, you're like, "Oh shoot, I got to, I got to like, I got to watch his show tonight and share the bed and share the snacks. No, I'm just kidding. But it kind of is like that you kind of get used to it over time. And I did really well. So I just kept making more. And then I just kind of responded to like people's questions and then started the blog and stuff like that, you know, just to kind of keep. It fills me up, you know as much as hopefully it fills other people up and makes them happy
1: and started and also wrote a book in
2: that yeah, it's a really short book. it's like very targeted um on someone kind of asked me, like how did I get out of that loneliness, like resentful stage, and um I just kind of thought, this is like a teacher thing, like backwards thinking, so how did I get there and then um I came up with these four themes, so. I have an acronym for it, ASIP. So acceptance, self-care, independence, and planning for you. And like, there's 10 chapters. There's a lot on self-care because that's like key (laughs) to like our own happiness and finding it in ways that aren't dependent on your spouse because they may or may not be able to be there for you. Um, But yeah, so it's it's pretty short. Um, It's just $4 on Audible. And then it's like, it's designed to do like a chapter a day for 10 days and just think about these ways you can change your life, like a little bit at a time. And, and then I use examples of things that I did to kind of get out of that funk. So,
1: which is genius to me is like for me, easy reading, especially when it's kind of self-help stuff. If it's not quick, I kind of feel like I lose interest maybe, or I'm just like, okay, this is too much work and I like can't do it. So the short ones work really well for me personally. Um, so I think that's awesome. Um, and your reels are literally so good. They crack me up. It's partly why we started, we stepped up our uh, reel game because it's super informative, totally refreshing. And it kind of gives you a glimpse into your life, but from a comedic angle is so much better. And then I always like how you really d- dive into it in the comments when you get like really in depth, a little bit more about the, your feelings behind it. Um, I think it's, it's really, really cool. And it's actually really made me feel like fire families and LEO families are actually pretty similar in a lot of ways, um, which I think is interesting because I never really thought about it that way before. So you're real, keep up those reels, man. I love them so much. Um, but take us back a little bit. So your blog, you have a huge blog. Um, tell us about the beginning stages of being married to your husband and what it was like going through the Academy. Cause you, I'm guessing you didn't have your babies when he was going through Academy, right?
2: Yeah. We weren't married either. So Rick's going to cop for like, um, 16 years and we've only been married almost nine in May. So, um, yeah, we didn't have babies and actually I wasn't even living here. So I, we've moved, like I've moved several times. We met in Vegas when I was 17, he was 21. And then we dated for 10 years if we're getting married. So like on and off. So we weren't, we weren't together until like the end of the Academy actually, but we always kind of like stayed in touch. <laughs> and then <laughs> when we got married, we're like, we should probably stop messing around. Like we're it for each other. Actually, really, it was that my husband was finally ready to like, Settle down. I think he wanted to be like totally stable financially. He's like a very much a provider. And so until he felt like he could do that, he wasn't like going to get married. And so um, finally he was ready. See, it's like the Mr. Big story, you know, like the 10 year thing. So anyway, um, yeah. So really I have more experience <laughs> with the probation time. So the academy, like, cause we weren't together and then, um, and Rick actually says probation's harder for him. The Academy, like he said, um, was the second hardest. I wrote that in the blog and like, not everybody agrees. Some people say that's the hardest, but I was, I definitely use his information. You know, that's why it's like heels and holster my account name, because I, he's not the face of it, but I definitely get a lot of info from him and like bounce things off of him. Um, so I feel like he said the Academy was hard because he was like humbled with, um, physically and i talk about that like he worked out outside of the time because to get like get himself more in shape um and he worked out with like his best friend who's still his best friend now and like our kids godfather rez he was a marine veteran and like totally in shape and like he would work out with rick and like help him get in shape so i think like um if i were with him just being more supportive of that outside time and like not assuming that he's off because now he's going to have to go and do all of this kind of like homework. Um, Rick is super smart. So he didn't have an issue with like the tests, the written tests, which I've heard some people um, have challenges with, but same thing. So then you have to study outside, you know, at the time that you're there. And I think that that is hard on wives that I've heard. It's just like, they think their spouse can be home with them on their off time that they can't. And then I know in other States, their spouse lives at the place that they yeah, but they don't do that here um, in Los Angeles. So it's a little bit different.
1: I think CHP still does though, right? Did
2: you have to be? Mm-hmm. I know
0: that um, Cal Fires Academy is five days a week. So they come home, they, mm-hmm. they can come home on the weekends,
2: yeah. um,
0: but they're there five days. So I don't know. CHP is probably similar if I have yeah, to guess.
1: I think, I think um, I'm pretty sure that you have to live there for however long you're in the academy. Um, I know the Sacramento one, does you have to live there or l- maybe live nearby, but you can't go home on the weekends. I don't think. Um, mm, yeah. I'm not sure.
0: I'm, I'm thinking Saturday and Sunday. I, I mean, I would have to verify that, but I'm pretty sure that all the state stuff is the same.
1: It's hard for yeah. me because <laughs> Damien didn't have a traditional Academy because the way that El Cerrito was, or still is, they don't run their own Academy. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to have your firefighter too. To, um, oh no, sorry, firefighter one to even be considered. Um, so they just come, when they come on, they run their 10 call and then they um, are just, they go straight to probation and then they have to get their firefighter two within the first 18 months. So it's always confusing because I don't know what the academy is like because I've never experienced it firsthand. So, and when he went, when he worked for Cal Fire, he had already gone through. Um, fire academy so he also did not have to go through academy with cal fire so um yeah so cal fire is 15 weeks now
0: straight they don't do so they used to separate the firefighter academy from the company officer academy um up until i think like two years ago and now they go through ffa and then they go through coa so it's it's a it's a long haul um luckily i wasn't part of that i got it broken up for me, but even, you know, the first, however many weeks it is, I think it's seven weeks
1: for FFA. So it's, you know, it's a lot. And then how long, because Kristen, how long are they on probation for? Is it 18 months?
2: Yeah. At least a year. I don't remember 18 months or a year. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, he said that was more grueling because um, it might be different now. He assumes it is. Cause it's like police work has changed and the training has changed, but um, it was like tough love back then. And like um, he talks about like this time where his, um, his training officer was like, Hey, we're going to go to this. We're going to go to this call and we got to grab lunch really quick. And he was like, okay, I want you to eat really fast. And they got like fast food and like Rick stuffed himself like of a burger or something like a huge burger. And then he the training officer made him get out and there was a guy that was dead and he was like you need to you need to check if he's dead or something and he had to like stab him with something like a thermometer like check his temperature that is not a responsibility of police officers like that is not at all but he made him do it to see if he'd throw up like it was like that kind of stuff like the tough love stuff um and i think rick has not a training officer but now that he's been on he's like considered senior now he's been on so long that He's worked with like the newbies and he says he is hard on them to toughen them up, but not like to that extent of like embarrassing them, that kind of thing. But like, I, I always want to apologize to people he works with that are new. Cause it's like, a, it sounds scary to me, but he's like, it's a scary world out there. They need to be tough. And I, and I agree with that too, you know? So what were you going to say?
1: Ugh, yucky. <laughs> That's what I was going to say. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, and that, and then mixed with the fact that they're on probation. So any little move that they make is under a microscope. I know that like mm-hmm. anytime Cameron's on probation, he's like, I got 12 months to like, keep it together here and not make any mistakes. And it's, mm-hmm. it's stressful. So on top of that, to be kind of like almost harassed, yeah, <laughs> that was to me, like making them do something that's not within the scope of their job is, is borderline harassment. So that's like, what do they call that hazing? That's not, that's not, it's hard enough as it is, and then you're doing that kind of stuff. I don't know. Yeah,
2: <laughs> I, I do think know. the world has changed, and hope like I, I think they would get down on them about that LAPD or like Los Angeles, Um, because yeah, there, I things have changed. Like even the humor and like the jokes. Like he used to put up like funny little just almost like posters, like a note on the wall for the other officers. Like they can't do that stuff anymore. Like and I I think that's kind of a bummer because it the humor kind of keeps them, it's a part of resilience, you know? So it might be dark to other people, but if it keeps them laughing and smiling, like you know what you gotta do. So that's kind of a bummer. Like things have changed there.
1: Yeah. And yeah. Like, like definitely the
2: humor changed that mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. The morale and the humor is fine. It's just when they the real hard stuff, like what you described at first, I don't, I think that it's good that that's gone.
1: Like, (laughs) I think around and like,
0: you know, giving each other a hard time is just part of being a family. You know, Mm -hmm. I mean, we do it all the time at home. (laughs) Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah. And they are, they are a family, you know, they go through so much together, like that bonding, you know, it's so unique. So yeah, a little bit of It's okay.
1: (laughs) Just a little. Yeah. I think it's necessary. Um, So take us back to the BLM movement. It was obviously a huge shift in society, the way they looked at the badge. Um, Tell us about how that affected your home life
2: and just your family. um, So Rick was also like at that time, literally the day that the um, national emergency for COVID was called out. And I, I can, I know that's not BLM, but it's very similar, right? The timeline. So he um, was going into back surgery for injury on duty. So like that happened and that was really intense. That was the like first major injury that like we went through as a family together. And then at the same time, like school closure t- closures happen and all that. And then he's trying to like recover and there's no PT open here in California. Like there's so many closures just in case people are listening from elsewhere and they were closed for a long time. And then, um, yeah. And then when he went back to work, like he's expected to go back, and like be a part of all these riots going on, and Rick is not a talker, so obviously I am. <laughs> so we're very different, but you know. Um, <clears throat> so I'd see stuff or hear stuff like on the news or on social media, and I was like, "Oh, like that looks pretty awful. Like they're throwing like frozen water bottles at the police, and they're just standing there." Hmm. And I'm like, "So, Rick, are you like?" because he's working a lot and there was a one time period where they had no days off expected because there was so many riots. So it was like, who knows when you're going to have the next day off. And that was really tough, especially with the closures and stuff. Um, For me as a working mom, juggling it all, working from home slash homeschooling, like that was a blast. So it's like all of that stress. Plus like my husband's going into this place where they're not protected. Like they were told do not do anything back. Because you're going to end up, they can go to prison themselves for doing anything, even if their supervisor asks them to. Like, we've seen that in other cases. So that was really scary. Um, and then I asked him, like, "Are so are you, like, standing? I don't see him, who he is, right? Like, in, on the news, like, I can't see him. But I'm like, are you there? Like, are you having things thrown at you? And he was like, yeah. Like, they they use, like, the frozen water bottles and then these, like, makeshift bomb things. Um. And then honestly, it wasn't, because Rick is not a talker, he doesn't complain, nothing like that. Um, He was raised that way. His dad was actually shot in the head um, when he was a boy and he was a cop, his dad. And he was shot like through the ear and they had to reattach his ear. And then um, like he had hearing loss in that ear forever, but he still was a cop for like many years after that, he went back to work but, um, his mom, like nobody complains about it, about what happened. It's crazy. Like to me, and they never like press charges on the person that did it. It was like a DV call, domestic violence call. So anyway, so he's not a complainer. So it wasn't until like, honestly, we went and did our taxes with another police officer in his unit. Um, and he was talking about how like his back was messed up from like people throwing stuff at them And then there was another guy that like something hit him in the head and he's still kind of like disfigured from it. I was like, Oh my God. I was like, Rick, you don't talk about any of this stuff. Like, this is crazy. So like, honestly, it isn't until I'm around like his coworkers that I learned the whole story, but I mean, it was, I think, it wasn't just that he was going there because like I said, he doesn't really bring it home. Like he comes home and he wants to spend time with us and hang out with our boys and like, that's it. And he doesn't talk about it. Um, but like, there's other symptoms that I talk about in my blog and he's okay with me talking about, like he has, I call him PTSD nightmares. Like it's like this weird, I'm glad that this is audio because I feel like I can't describe it in a blog. So he'll like in the middle of the night, he'll go like, he's sleeping and he's like, uh, uh, and it's like, what? it's like the weirdest noise ever. And like, it's been like that since our first year of marriage. Like I remember it happening. Um, and it's just sporadically like not all the time, thank God, but I call him PTSD because it is a weird, freaky noise. And he's like stuck in it. Like, I can't like, I'll wake him up and he's still kind of lost in it. And then he doesn't talk about it, but I feel like, you know, that's the symptom because he doesn't talk about things and like, get it out. But anyway, um, but I think the hardest part wasn't actually that it was that like feeling, especially my work. Like I love my job as a professor at a university. I love it. But it was more of that, like being consumed with all the hate, like on social media, on media, like just the regular news, turning it on and just feeling that like hate that was harder than even Rick going to work and like deal. It was like the combination, I guess, you know, stay with us. We'll be right back. So how do you live a good life, especially now? Is it about happiness, purpose, love or friendship? And what about health or wealth? Can you live a good life even if you're struggling? the truth is often not what you think. I'm Jonathan Fields, bestselling author and host of the award-winning Good Life Project podcast. Every week, we bring you revealing conversations with some of the smartest, most accomplished, and yes, sometimes famous people that will awaken insight, arm you with practical tips, and inspire you to live your best life no matter what comes your way. Look for Good Life Project on your favorite podcast app today.
1: That had to be really scary. I mean, I was scared, but for different reasons. Um, But I couldn't imagine having a police officer husband and have that kind of. uh, Um,
2: What were you scared about? I'm curious.
1: Well, you know, I mean, a lot of times our firefighters go in with the police, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. or you know, they have to go into something afterwards or, you know, you just, the climate was so frightening. I think for everybody, it was just kind of mind blowing to watch. Um, I mean, we tried not to watch it to be honest with you because it was just so crazy. I just could not even imagine.
0: Yeah. So Cameron worked in Santa Cruz during that time. And the only way to get to Santa Cruz from here is to drive to the Bay area Um, and his route takes him through Oakland and there was several times where the freeway that he was driving on to get to work was shut down. Um, Mm -hmm. and they were like dismantling ambulances and fire trucks. Mm -hmm. And so of course he was very worried about that. He would not drive our car. He took our truck. Like, he's like, it's going to be harder to dismantle my truck than it is, you know, my car. So yeah, that was a little, that was a little scary for us. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. yeah. I, I just think- can't even, I can't even imagine him actually being in the midst of all of it, like being the target of it really.
1: Yeah. yeah. I think that was, um trying to remember. So D- uh, Damien um, took his Kevlar to work uh, and a lot of them carried it on the rigs and they gave them riot gear to carry with them. That was a whole different level of of fear. I think that I uh, don't think, I I don't know. It's it's just crazy to me. Uh, I mean, I think law enforcement families are just unbelievably brave because I don't know if I could do it. (laughs) We joked about it a lot um, in the beginning because Damien wanted to be a police officer before he was a firefighter. And I was like, honestly, I don't know if I could be married to a police officer. Like, I don't, I don't know if I can handle that's just my my personal anxiety. I don't know if I could ever be at that level all the time. But I, I guess after a period of time, you kind of maybe aren't as anxious or get more used to it, maybe.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, actually I say the same thing about military wives. Rick wanted to join the military. He wanted to when he was really young. And his mom said no, like go to college, no, no, no. And then <laughs> like later in life, he brought it up to me like when we were just dating, and then again when we we're engaged, and I was like, I would get emotional about it. I was like, "No. Like I just don't want you gone that much." Um, and I know it's not forever. Like they don't have to make a whole life career out of it, but I was like, "Uh, just it wasn't for me either." So it's kind of, but then some people that are military wives that became police wives are like, "This is actually harder." <laughs> so that's kind mm-hmm. of interesting, but um, yeah, I don't I don't sit around and think about it. Like I don't actually lose that much sleep. I'm, I know it sounds like I'm such a jerk. I'm like heartless. I'm a really good sleeper. And like a lot of other police wives have issues with sleep. So I try to have empathy and give advice, but I really like once my head hits the pillow, I knock out. Okay. So that sounds really bad, but that's just who I am. But I think it's more like we have a, um, a distance. We have a physical distance from where he works. Like he commutes maybe an hour, 45 minutes. And then we visit him maybe like twice a year. And I do think when I see, and he doesn't wear his uniform home. So he changes there, changes out and I don't wash his uniform, which is also like a very unique thing. He takes it to the dry cleaner. Um, so like I, I, we have them in the house, but I don't see them. I don't see him in uniform that often. So like, I think when I do then it like kind of hits home or if we have like A friend that's injured like something that happens close to home then like I probably won't sleep as well that night but usually I'm okay like and I just think because he doesn't come home and talk about it I really have to it's like pulling teeth like like tell me something that happened at work. (laughs) Like literally when we have like a date time together, I'm like, I'm going to ask him about work today. And I want him to tell me something, but he just doesn't, he really, usually it's, it's just difficult to get out of him. But I think that creates like that good, uh, it creates a boundary for us. It's a good good.
1: separation for you guys. It sounds like it works really well for you. So that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm the same. Like
0: I, I can relate to that. I'm like, I don't, I don't lose sleep over wildfires anymore. Like I, I did in the very beginning, maybe like the first few weeks of him being out, but mm-hmm. unless it's like right here in our backyard, um, you know, I don't worry about it. I figure they're trained. They've got good people surrounding mm-hmm. them to help them out. And my worry is not going to make this easier, you know?
2: Yeah. So It's so true. Yeah. It doesn't. It yeah, help anything. totally. Yep. I was thinking what you said about the training, like. Rick also he stays in really good shape and like they're not they're not required to they don't get another test on their physical ability, just shooting. That's it. So he like works out four or five times a week and he does Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, which is like the training the officers should do. And then I know I'm trying to remember there's a there is a, a nonprofit that'll pay like $50 um, a month of the expense for like a gym membership for Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. I was trying to remember what it's called, but anyway, so Google that you guys, if anyone's listening and needs that, cause that helps is there, it's like always a hundred dollars plus for those gym memberships. And then he was like CrossFit. So I do feel like, you know, he does his best to like be prepared for the chaos. So you yeah. have to trust their training.
0: I think it's I think that disconnect and distance from, you know, that drive plus the no uniform. My husband doesn't wear his uniform at home either. I don't yeah. wash his uniform. He leaves it at the station. Like it's same. It's, yeah. And if you're a firewife and you are washing uniforms, please stop. Don't do that at your home. Don't
2: wandering. do that. Don't
0: have that stuff even mm-hmm. breach your front door. Like nope. just leave it at home yeah. um, or leave it at work.
1: Yep. Um, leave it at work. Don't. And if wash your station isn't
0: allowing you to wash your gear at work, that's a problem. Talk mm. to your chief. Amen. Um, and if you need more information on that, we'll put some information on in the show notes, but, um, yeah. So unless you're going to the station every day or you're visiting them at work, it's really easy to not even think about it. You know, they're at work. Oh, they're gone for four days. Okay. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know? Um, so I don't think that that's weird at all. I think that that's actually Almost healthier Very. than sitting here and listening to the scanner and worrying about what they're doing at work all day.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I joke about that stuff. I joke about it. It's, it's a joke. Like sometimes people email me and they're like, Are you really? Are you really? No, I'm dramatizing it because it's funny. Like, and it's also sometimes inspired by things that people tell me that they're, they're up all night or um, like one thing that I post that is not consistent with me at all is I joke about being jealous of female partners. But let me tell you, every time I do it like blows up. So I keep making them, but I am not jealous of his female partners. Like I have so much respect for police officers that are female and I'm like thankful for them. And Rick is too, because like hashtag me too, he will never, never touch a female like criminal ever. So it's like, th- we need the females out there to do that. Um, but yeah, so I feel like I joke about things a lot. So if anybody watches my Reels, just know they're all humorous. Like none, none of them are really real. <laughs> So'
1: just for the li- just for the likes huh?
2: yeah. on the <laughs> oh, and then in
0: your in your caption like you really like have something more to say and it's yeah. not it's not funny. like it's it's real. So
2: yeah, I get
0: yeah. it definitely grabs you.
2: Okay. Yeah, good. yeah, mm-hmm. I try to keep it real down there and like even those ones when I joke about like the female officers I'm like, okay, by the way, I, cause I usually get hate for it. <laughs> I'm like, I have so much respect for you guys. And those, I do have female officers that follow me and they know, like I'm joking and it's all love. So, but, yeah. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Hi, I'm Callie. I'm Barb. And, and we, we are the Clarity, Clarity Sisters. Sisters. Come join us in
0: our safe space to take a little break, get some perspective going to make life more fun come join us as we chat through navigating prickly relationships learning to trust your intuition and why self-care is not selfish so grab yourself a little cup of clarity and a few giggles as we hang out chit chat and laugh on the clarity cafe podcast all right i think that covers the questions yes All right, cool. So we're going to put you on the hot seat. I don't know if you listen to the podcast at all, but (laughs) um, (laughs) the hot seat is just a series of rapid fire questions. um, And they're just for fun and to get to know you a little bit more on a personal level. Um, So you're ready. Yeah. All right, cool. What's your go to song on karaoke night?
2: (laughs) I'm just going to be honest that I love music, but I am not good at singing or knowing the words to anything. I don't know. I don't think I would have. Okay. So let's change the question
0: then. If you're having a bad day and you need to get out of your funk, what's
2: your go-to song? Oh, right now it's Dua Lipa, "Levitating."
1: Good, solid song. My (laughs) kids love Dua Lipa. Oh my gosh.
2: (laughs) Funny. I love that song. I will literally play it before I go teach. Like it just makes me feel, I don't know, inspired, energized, you know? And then Rick has an obsession with like moving to Mars someday. So it makes me think of that for some reason. I love that. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so he's going to go with Elon Musk to Mars. Got it. Cool. For real. He loves Elon Musk and we're on, we have, we're on the wait list for a Tesla Cybertruck. Like we've been oh saving for years
0: yeah so cool so cool all right so next question what does the word leader mean to you
2: I think someone that doesn't make it about themselves and they think of other people and their needs
0: I love that all right this is the moment of truth because this question (laughs) seriously matters to Audra it does it really does Uh oh so get ready (laughs) How do you like your eggs?
1: Scrambled. Yes. Oh, Kristen, I love you. Thank you. Okay, good. No (laughs) runny eggs. Okay, we don't. Oh no, no.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I don't even like yolk. Like, uh, you know what I mean. Like, it's in there. It's in the scrambled, but you can't be having that runniness. No. I love you. Okay. (laughs) What's your opinion on pickles? Oh, I love pickles, even when I'm not pregnant like I love pickles and everything. I'll just eat it plain, but like, you know, it has to be like cloth in kind of the saltier ones.
1: You know what okay. I'm saying? The salty ones. Okay.
2: All right. So she, she likes dill.
0: Okay. Dill okay. pickles. Yeah. Cool. I like them all. So I'm, I'm happy with that answer. Uh, <laughs> Audrey hates pickles. So. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> oh my okay. How do you, How do you and your husband spend his days off?
2: Uh, With our kids, usually doing something that's more so about them. Uh, So, I mean, we're kind of, we're 36 and 40. So we're like um, older-ish parents that already kind of, you know, like we lived our lives for us. So usually it's like about them and entertaining them. Sometimes Rick would prefer to just chill, like at the house, (laughs) but I often have something planned. That's like about the kids, like a play date or something crazy like that. So um, like I don't know. We oh, we just have gone like a couple trips this um month and we went camping. And um, that's like for the kids. I mean, we have never done that before we had kids, but both Rick and I camped as as kids with our families. And then um we just went to we have a cabin in Shaver Lake. So we went there and like went snowboarding, canoeing, and sledding with our boys.
0: <laughs> fun. So outdoors nice. kind of stuff sounds like. Yeah, yeah. It's awesome. What's the best self-help book you've read?
1: Mm.
2: I don't know. Uh, <laughs> it's been a while since I have read. That's why I put mine on an audio book because I just listen. But I am uh, I honestly, like, I don't read a lot, but I like to watch things like on YouTube kind of like podcasts. Cause I usually listen to them more so than watch, but, um, I love Sunny Lenarduzzi. She's like the self-made billionaire. I know it's weird, but she's very inspiring. Oh, actually I am listening to a book and it's related to what she says. So she says similar to my answer about the leader thing, like make it about other people. And like, how can you just have a positive impact on the world? Like my background social work, so I'm all about that and like doing community work and stuff like that. And so also Rick made me, he suggested I read this book, I should say, because of what I do on Instagram and it's, um, oh gosh, let me remember. I think it's, uh, it's like, start with why that's the book. Start with why. So go back to like, what's your why all the time, like in what you do. And I don't know if it's self help as much as like motivational, inspirational stuff, but it's cool. So I'll go with that. Sorry about that long answer.
0: (laughs) That's perfect answer. Um,
2: Can you tell us one more time who the YouTuber was that you're watching? Sunny Lenarduzzi. Sunny Leonarduzzi. It's a long name. I can send it to you guys, Um, but she she talks more about like business, but. Um I so I watch her like and mostly like for my Instagram stuff and like kind of how to grow it and like but I like that she's not about the money even though she has made a lot of money like she really is about helping people and like inspiring people to be like their best selves and stuff like that and so that's why I like her cuz I think she gives like the right message.
0: If there was one thing you it, let me rephrase if you had the opportunity to talk to the chief of police, what is something that you would want to say?
1: Oh, I don't know. That's a tough one.
0: It can be any police chief. It doesn't have to be your husband's.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I think I would more like then want to say something, ask something, you know, like there's, um, there's not been a lot of protection. Of our officers. So I would want to ask him what's his why, because maybe it would remind him of his why, like back when he started, you know? Because I think sometimes they are political roles and they get lost in it and somebody else is telling them what to do. Someone hired them, right? Doesn't our our governor hire the city or our mayor hire the city chief police? Um, Mayor. So it's not a voted in position, right? So they're not answering to the public directly, which isn't good. Um, but I do think that person at some point wanted to be an officer and I don't think people sign up to be an officer because they, I I think generally you sign up because you want to make the community better, you know, generally for most people. So,
1: yep. Yep. That's a great answer. Okay. Well, thank you for hanging out with us today, Kristen, giving us an inside view of the life of a police officer's family. If you want to check out Kristen's amazing reels, you can follow her on Instagram at Heels and Holster. Is it Holster? Just one.
2: Holster, no S at the end. <laughs> no yeah.
1: And you can also find her blog and so much information on her website, heelsandholster.com. If you want to read or listen to her book, Be a Happy Police Wife in Motherhood, it's available on Amazon and Audible, right? Yes. And then as always leaving reviews, sharing and reading our content on Instagram and our website helps us reach more people who might be looking for something to help them. So thank you for sharing. Thanks, Kristen.
2: Thank you so much for having me guys. It's fun to talk to you and like get to know more about the fire, fire wife Yeah.
1: It's always fun to like interweave the two. We all kind of share the same story. So it's always fun. <laughs> Thanks.
0: Thanks so much for tuning in. Find us on social media at Dear Chiefs Podcast and online at dearchiefs.com. Tune in weekly for the 25,000-foot view of Loving a First Responder. Audra and Chelsea, over and out. (coughs)